Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Daf Shavua as we study Mesechus Ksivas Daf Samach. We've hit uh, Daf sixty. This is a packed Daf, especially uh, keeping in mind some of the things that we learned last week, which we'll continue with this week. Let me tell you at the outset what we're not going to get to, at least in detail, but it's very important on this Daf. Hilchah Shabbos. There are a lot of different inyanim relating to Hilchah Shabbos and the laws of Shabbos, including uh, some of the malachas, Dush, maybe Mefarik, the whole idea of uh, Metakein versus Mekalkel, and maybe most importantly is uh, Tosfos dealing with the status of a Chola. Chola Sakana, Sakana. There are also issues on the staff dealing with Psak. I saw recently, I think from a rabbi in you know, Maryland, I didn't read the book, but a rabbi Walter, he wrote a, a book on how Psak works, an entire book. There's a whole Messorah of how Psak works. What exactly is the responsibility, not only of a posek, but of uh, people in the community to listen to Psak? And what happens of whether a Rebbe's allowed a Paskin in the presence of his Rebbe, or if a Talmud in the presence of his Rebbe is a better way to say it. Many different issues. Is he, uh, is a lack of kavod? Is he maybe going to be intimidated even if he knows how to Paskin? And what exactly requires Sak? Let's say there's a very clearly uh, stated halacha in the Shulchan Aruch. We Paskin all the time based on experience. When do you ask a Shaila? So there's a lot to say that I'm not going to get into details about, but it's on uh, this daf. We'll see. Uh, maybe some of it we'll get into next week. I'm also uh, recording this year um, right before Hanukkah, as I always try to do, especially when we get to a Chag, is try to tie into Inyanim that we're relating to. It's also before Pasha's by Yeshev, and uh, we're going to see some connections there as well. What we will cover as uh, we're getting ready for the shear, in case you haven't yet prepared the daf, it's very important, especially this week, in my opinion, to uh, really go through the Gemara and to the Mishnah from last week before uh, you listen to the shear. That's in general the guidance that I try to give. It's relevant this week because there's so many different uh, sugyas different topics that we're going to cover. What I want to begin with, and uh, we'll discuss this a little bit outside, and then I want to show you a tshuva from Ramosha Feinstein. It's a pretty, I don't know if it's a well-known tshuva, but it's a type of tshuva that you need to know about and to ask a shaila to a rav, to a posik when it's relevant. We saw last week in the Mishnah a very uh, interesting statement. We're talking about the responsibilities that a woman has to her husband. Now, a lot of Masechus Ksuvas, you know, just to be balanced over here and politically correct, not that we have to be, but it's good to be at times and to be sensitive. A lot of Masechus Ksuvas is about the responsibilities that a husband has to his wife through the Ksuva. But there's a certain, it's a bilateral relationship. And we pointed out last week, certain aspects can be negotiated contractually, sometimes not contractually, based on what's happening, you know, the context, which is a word that's uh, used too often 
in the discussion of halacha because it's true as we do see on this daf. Even when it comes to uh, deciding, should a woman be nursing 24 months, uh, five months, five years, whatever it is, the Gemara talks about we're not going to be able to necessarily make a determination based on uh, what we call the black letter law. There's going to be a specific situation that applies. That is definitely true. But sometimes we put context too much into the Gemara. Now, you have to know, we're going to deal on this top with a lot of issues of science, which issues are relevant to today, which issues were only relevant back then, which is a much broader discussion. But there'll be certain things that even though we may think the science is different today, it's not necessarily categorized as science, it's categorized as a halakha. So much broader discussion. But the question comes up when the Gemara points out that a woman, is uh, she wants to be beautiful. Okay, so there's some men who want to be beautiful as well. Now, sometimes that could be an issue. I mentioned with with giving the shear before Pashas Vayeshev. There's a, a Rashi, I'm actually going to mention this in a shear on Shabbos this coming week. Most people probably listen to this after Shabbos, so even if you're at the shear, hopefully uh, it's Chazara. But in the beginning of this week's Pasha, Yosef is described as uh, someone who's very handsome. He's a Nar. Rashi says that's because he spent too much time on his appearance. Now, the Sfas uh, Emes points out, Chasr Shalom, we should be analyzing, uh, he quotes in the name of his grandfather, Chasr Shalom, we should be analyzing this as we would analyze some uh, Hollywood character. And we have to understand this on a deeper level, which the Sfas Emes goes on to explain. It's actually so deep, I, I don't get it 100%. But it comes up even later in the parsha when Yosef is again described as someone who's concerned with his looks, and uh, it's interesting with the sources. For the first Rashi, we know the source, it's in a Medrash Rabbah. Second source, I haven't found, but it's also likely a Medrash. And there he's punished with uh, the Aishas Potiphar whole story. So again, on his own level. But we see when it comes to men, there's a certain uh, negativity associated with uh, too, too much of a preoccupation with uh, looks. With women, I'm not, again, I'm not getting into uh, the sociological aspect and the distinction between men and women, but the assumption in halacha, as I'm going to point out, and it's based on this Mishnah, and I guess based on just the reality that women are more concerned, and it's fine to be more concerned about her own beauty, not just because of the way she's going to look to her husband, but for her own sense of uh, self-esteem. The way this translates into halacha, before I get to the main issue, which also comes up in this Gemara, is the, a woman's love of jewelry. And I'm not joking around. The Rambam in uh, Perik Vav of Hilchus Yom Tov famously uh, discusses the mitzvah of Simchat Chag. We're getting over here to Hanukkah. So it's interesting whether Hanukkah has the classic definition of a kag. It seems from the Rambam, the definition of a kag in the context of Simcha is when a carbon shlum is brought. But the Rambam does say that even Bizman Hazer, at least on Chagim, that had a carbon shlum associated with it, and we would say it still has associated with it, even though we're not able to put it into practice, then the mitzvahs of Simcha apply way beyond just the eating of the flesh, eating of the meat and drinking of wine. Hanukkah doesn't seem to fit into that category, but 
there is obviously an Indian Hanukkah of, of being Marbasuda. Not our discussion right now. So it's what the Rose would call Simcha, but not necessarily Halachic Simcha. So the Rambam there, when he talks about being Misameach uh, oneself and one's family, discusses jewelry being given to wives. There's nothing wrong with doing that on Hanukkah as well. The whole history of Hanukkah gives is actually uh, a fascinating discussion that may relate to on Shabbos, but that's a separate issue from over here. That's on, on every single Chag. So do we say the Rambam's just talking about his time? Well, the Rambam wrote uh, his parish based on the Gemara and Poskim uh, way after, you know, early Poskim, the Tanayim, the Amrayim, Ga'anim, way after uh, the Gemara. And we'd say even today, you know, jewelry, what do they say? Diamonds are a woman's best friend. So it's a very interesting application. The way it's brought La Halacha, aside from the jewelry, going back to the Yofi, is a uh, true uh, Shayla that was after Moshe Feinstein. The Shayla, this is in the second volume of Ramosha's Choshen Mishpat. It's not necessarily Choshen Mishpat issue. The way that Igros Moshe is organized uh, probably needs a lot of analysis, and I'm not even sure if anyone could do a proper analysis, because you find in he has sections on Archaim, Yerdea, Evan Ezer, and Kosher Mishpat, right? The four uh, areas of the Shulchan Aruch, four books of the Shulchan Aruch, going back to the tour. But you have to know sometimes that you're not going to be able to always find Hilkha Shabbos in Archaim. Sometimes you're going to find the Shaila in a Kosher uh, Mishpat, because people would ask multiple questions to Ramosha and the same Tshuva, and he would respond. Many years ago, someone tried to put out an index. They did put out an index. I think it was called Yad Moshe. I don't think it's been updated with later volumes and nothing against it. I think it was a great attempt, but it's very hard to, to figure it out. With a computer, it's a little bit easier to do a search, but uh, generally, this is what you find in Shales and Shulos, but I think especially in Ramosha, so you have to know either how to look up things, see where it's quoted, to cross-references, have a good memory. If you ever hear something, write it down, take notes on it, or ask uh, someone like Roshachter if you bump into him, and he'll probably tell you exactly where it is. Okay, so the question that's asked to Ramosha that our Gemara is going to be quoted, and the Mishnah from last week, is a woman who wants to have plastic surgery done. Okay, what's the big deal? A woman wants to have plastic surgery done. You want to have some Botox? You know, I don't know all these different terms. A person wants to have uh, improvement of, of the nose. What's, what, what has to happen? This was personally a Shiloh. I don't mean to give away too many secrets, but I was, uh, you know, everybody knows I was an amazing athlete as a kid, at least in my own mind, and I broke my nose multiple times. One time it was actually Rebbe who broke my nose. Don't ask the story right now, but it was through, it was a soccer ball. Famous uh, Rebbe was pretty well known, but I'm not going to say right now. I kicked the ball. Next thing I knew, I was uh, in a hospital, and they needed to do surgery, not to make me better looking, but they had to shape up my nose, basically in order to allow me to breathe. Now it wasn't necessarily had solid nephashos, but it was. Uh, and it wasn't for looks either. So there, there wasn't a Shiloh. You know, the, the postman would have said, you got to take care of it. The man has to be able to breathe. 
it could have been suffering pikoch nefashos in the long term without getting into all the gruesome details. But let's say it's just for improvement. The guy wants to, you know, look a little better for the shidduch market, for his picture. Could he get, uh, you know, his eyes, they, they, they do some bang out the eyes, you know, put some injections in, maybe shape up his nose to look uh, in a different way. So, again, this sounds like what do the rabbis have to say? But there's a general prohibition, Minat Torah, we're going to get to it in Sefer Shemos, called Kavala. You're not allowed to cause injury to yourself, right? Your body is not your own. We're not just talking about over here, life or death situation, but you can't just have, and we're not talking only tattoo issues over here, which is separate, but you can't be involved in injury, injuring yourself. I actually discussed in the past the famous Shiloh that was asked to Ramosha about playing football. Now, this was before they came out with all the dangers involved in football and maybe based on the helmets, etc. Remotion in that situation actually allowed football to be played. Again, I'm not getting into the NFL, XFL, football or flag football, but this, these are questions at least have to be asked. Let's say you want to be a boxer. There's a very famous uh, individual who is a, a wrestler. It's actually somebody who's close with the Chazonish. I'm sure I've mentioned this before in the context of uh, some discussions relating to great and interesting personalities in Eretz Yisrael. But based on this daf, the question is asked, and Ramosha makes a major distinction between a man and a woman. The tshuva Ramosha is found in, uh, just to give you the exact spot, it's in Choshen Mishpat, Chelek, Beisim, and Samach Vav. Now, it's a very long tshuva. I want to just get to the bottom line where he quotes our Gemara at the very end of the tshuva. The question is asked So his basic conclusion, and it's uh, based on a lot of Rambam's Gemara, Sanhedrin, and other, other locations as well, is the real Isra in the Torah of Kabbalah is when it's considered to be a bizoy. So if I would, let's say, uh, ask somebody to punch me so I could get a wound, you know, for my own purposes, but it's obviously a negative, negative, maybe for an insurance policy or something of the like to do to oneself or to another. But he quotes straight out from our uh, Gemara, incredibly, that since since it's, it's important to her, and he says, Mela Ish, more than for a man, which is exactly our Gemara, So he says, since it's being done for her beauty, that's why she's getting some kind of plastic surgery, even though there's going to be an injury associated with it, then it's allowed. He is much uh, less inclined to give such a heter to a man. Again, the man could say it's for his benefit as well, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be totally subjective. There's so many other issues on this daf. Um, let me cover one in general, then we'll get into a specific shayla that I think is so fascinating that's found in the Hashuk Yechemet. I actually saw this after I prepared this year, but I'm going to go with it anyway and uh, cut out some other pieces to stay within certain time limits. Our Gemara has a huge conversation about nursing. A woman nursing, the benefits of nursing, um, definitely at the time of the Gemara, as it was assumed, even with Zman Hazeh, 
it does have some impact on halacha that a woman is considered to be nursing within 24 months. Today, that has an impact on fasting, even if a woman is not nursing, except for Yom Kippur and maybe Tisha B'Av, which we're going to put into a separate conversation. Many posts can say a woman has a status of nursing. But the question that comes up in the Gemara, and uh, this really generates a lot of conversation, is let's say you have a situation where a woman is nursing the child, and then the woman gets divorced. We saw in the Mishnah and continues in the Gemara, that's her malacha for the husband. So maybe she shouldn't have to do it anymore. Now, the Gemara's conclusion is it depends. And the what it depends on is somewhat of a machlokas, but the real conclusion of the Gemara is it really depends on what's in the best interest of this child. And if ultimately the woman is not responsible, because maybe she never uh, either started nursing or maybe the child no longer recognizes her, as we describe in the Gemara, again, it would end up being the husband's responsibility. Obviously not to nurse, but to uh, hire a nursemaid, a wet nurse, I think, as it's called. Now, again, you could ask the question today, maybe uh, formula is just as imp- as important. I don't think that's what doctors say. And again, it doesn't mean that a woman has to nurse full time, especially if it's a challenge for her and obviously for the child. So if you look into the Rambam, Hilchus Isha's Perichaf Aleph Halacha Tezayin, it's found in the Shulchan Aruch in uh, Eben Ezer, some pay base, Sif Hey, an extensive discussion. The entire, if you have a chance, look at the Rambam, Hilchus Isha's Perichaf Aleph, a very very important uh, discussion, and I think what what I was what I was thinking about during this uh, mes- during this stuff, and then uh, Baruch Hashem, I, I looked up the Chasuk Echemed. You know, we have discussions sometimes if there's a uh, divorce, right? What's the impact on the child? I'm not passing over here. Obviously, there are cases where divorce is necessary, even for the benefit of the child. And uh, the Torah has such a category. But when it comes to nursing, what is what exactly is the benefit for the child? And what the Chashuk Echemed raises, based on our Gemara, it's not just a physical benefit, but there's a uh, social benefit of the child connecting with the mother and the mother connecting with the child. It goes both ways. And the question is asked to the Chashuk Echemed, which you may be able to pass in, not the halacha, but the considerations. When I see a question, what I try to do is before running to answer it, you know, or before running to look at the answer that's given, I like to try to evaluate, you know, put down on a piece of paper. What are the basic issues that the post can have to deal with? And maybe if I have the ability to come up with a conclusion, and then I'll try to match it up with the Chashuk Echemed. So the Chashuk Echemed has, in this uh, incredible piece, there's a, a woman, a uh, husband and a wife, they have a child, and the doctors are not too confident about the child living. I mean, it seems like they're pretty sure. At least Aldera uh, Hateva, kid has a heart condition, he's not going to make it too long. The question which we can understand is, should the mother nurse the child? By nursing the child, 
there's ipso facto what's assumed is that there's going to be a closer relationship developing emotionally between the mother and the child. And this could actually make the mother suffer more because she's not going to have the chance to, to really develop a full relationship with the child. So maybe what we could do is put the brakes on the emotional relationship, if this is at all possible, or the deepening of it by telling her not to nurse or by saying she doesn't have to nurse, assuming, again, in this whole thing, that nursing is for the benefit of the child physically. And I think what the, the question is also emotionally. The, the way it's formulated in the Chashuk Echem and the Zilberstein is Lahanikinok Shechayev Chayesha. Chayesha means it's temporary. They're not going to live too long. The child has a tough heart condition. Now he goes on and he brings a proof, incredibly, from the story of Hagar and Yishma. Now I quoted the story a few weeks ago. I had heard when I was in Eretz Yisrael from a uh, the chief rabbi of England's son. The name escapes me, unfortunately, right now. And he gave a Dvar Torah based on a Kliyakar. So you could go back to your notes and figure that out. I, I discussed it, I think, in the Trush or Shal Shittas, so they should be mental notes. But basically what uh, Rav Zilberstein does is he brings up a Misa that we have in Barash's Parakhov, Shukum Tesuav and Tezayin with Hagar. Hagar is criticized by Chazal because she couldn't take losing a child. So therefore she abandoned Ishmael. And we have the Kleoker actually quotes, I'm not bringing it over here, where Sar is the opposite. But either way, what the what the Chashuk uh, learns from this is when it comes to the evaluation of a child, the number one priority is what's the best interest of the child, even if it's for a short time. Now, we're not dealing over here with a pregnancy case, that would be different. If it was a question of choosing a life between the child in utero and the mother, the mother's going to end up winning out. But once the child is born, it's not necessarily about the mother. I mean, we care about the mother, but we want this child as short and as long as they're in this world to have the benefits of that connection that develops through the nursing. You could also argue that it's better, and this you would need therapists involved. The Chashuk Echemet alludes to this: is that it may be the better interest for the mother as well, from an emotional perspective. You can't like just push off the emotion and say, "I'm not going to develop a connection." There is a connection, so you may as well have built into her those memories of that connection with the child. So these are incredible halachas that come from the staff. There's so much more to say, but we're going to leave it over here. Have a great week of learning. Should have a, uh, as they say, a luxus of Afghanica. We should be lit up with Torah, with inspiration, and safety for all of Israel.